When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Big Red Roundtable, presented by Don Franklin Auto, right here on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network. I'm the Hilltopper play-by-play announcer, Randy Lee. We're thrilled to have the voice of the Lady Tops, Brett Williams, as well as Tyler Eaton, who hosts Beyond the Hill with us, great to the Big Red Roundtable podcast. Each week, we'll go over the biggest news, stories, and games of the past week, as well as what lies ahead for WKU Athletics. We hope to make this not only an enjoyable listen, but an informative and interesting one as we promote those special student-athletes each week and relay many of the stories we are so fortunate to cover in our sportscasting careers. For access to past and future episodes, stay posted to WKSports.com, as well as all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And before we provide this week's episode, let's hear a message from the presenting sponsor of Big Red Roundtable, Don Franklin Auto. They are Kentucky and a proud partner of WKU Athletics. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. It is tournament time, and this is the Big Red Roundtable Edition. Randy Lee, Brett Williams, Tyler Eaton with you. Here for our show as we talk all things WKU, but it's tournament time, and and you know Brett's hanging out in Dallas right now, getting ready to broadcast a Lady Toppers game and you know, everyone down there is really happy right now. The Dak Prescott signed that big time contract. And, you know, Tyler's happy. And, yes. And I'm happy. We're all happy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're all happy yeah. about that Dak Prescott oh, situation. Well, I'm not happy about that. I could care less. But we're just all happy in well, general. Yes. That's I'm grateful good. to be back out here on the road with the team. It's exciting. Hasn't haven't done that since uh, middle of January, and and anytime it's tournament time, and it's uh, it's a great time of year. So I'm ready to roll. How do you feel about the ladies, Lady Toppers' chances as they get set to be the first of our Hilltopper and Lady Topper teams to compete in the Conference USA tournament, opening things up today, as of today when the podcast comes out. In that opening matchup, they have against Old Dominion, a rematch of a game that well we just saw two times over the weekend. Yeah, I think that right there is is probably their best strength right now. The fact that they just saw this team, I think it's very difficult to beat a team three times in six days. Certainly, we never see that happen in this sport. And uh, you know, I'd say you know the NBA uh, playoff series or something like this. But uh, I think 
I think this team certainly feels good about what it can do. Obviously, it was able to play Old Dominion in Norfolk uh, to two points twice, and they know that they very well could have won either one of those games uh, due to a number of things that happened throughout the way. But overall, have to be pleased with how they played defensively out there. Um, and now you get them on a neutral floor and a chance to to finally get over the hump and hopefully make something happen. I think when you look at the bracket that they're setting up with, I think it's pretty favorable, all things considered. If, if they get through Old Dominion, they'll take on North Texas next, a team that, well, traditionally, at least in the last couple of years, has really given the tops trouble. But I, I think stylistically, they're very much like Old Dominion. And I think WKU is playing better against that style this year. Um, and then they would take on Charlotte if they got through there. And Charlotte's a team that I think is is very underrated, I think has a chance to win this thing. But at the same time, WKU tends to have Charlotte's number. So uh, really, you know, take this step by step. Obviously, the first thing you got to do is get over the hump of Old Dominion tomorrow but or uh, today, as, as you said, as this airs. But uh, if they can do that, I, like, I really like their chances moving forward in the tourney. Well, if the Lady Toppers want to take those two two-point losses that you referenced in the two matchups we just saw between these two teams and, and turn that into a win, what is going to be the biggest key for them to do that and advance in this Conference USA tournament? I think there's two things. First of all, they've got to rebound. I mean, rebounding killed them in both of those games. Amari Young, all-defensive team selection, she is one of the best rebounders in this league, and and she got 24 in the second matchup of the series in Norfolk. Asia Wayne didn't really play much in that game, but she got 12 rebounds the night before, so I think when you put the two of them out there, they can do a lot of damage to the tops, have to box out, control the glass, and then also just be more efficient offensively. There were a lot of missed shots from close range in both of those games. Uh, Renee Meljadewi's got to go up strong and finished players got to be a bit more controlled in getting to the basket and finishing from there and I think if they do those two things they'll win this game well as we head over to the men's side Randy the Hilltoppers first of all before we even take a look at the Conference USA tournament something that I just got to hear you and Rick Stansberry talking about was the significance of this team clinching a regular season conference championship for the first time since 2009 with a win in the second of two games against Old Dominion we'll start there I'll ask you what was the significance of that win and the championship win for this program, considering it's one of the few things outside of also the turning title that has eluded Rick in his time here? Well, I think the significance historically is much more important probably than winning the East Division title and getting the number one seed. You know, for our fan base, they haven't had a, a conference championship, at least a regular season conference championship in a while. So, you know, we're always trying to catch up with Kentucky and Kansas or get a little bit closer. We're third all time in in, turn, in a conference championship. So anytime you win one, you get your name thrown out there as the third of all time. Uh, that That is really significant, not only to our fan base, but to our players and to recruiting. Mm-hmm. Now, what does it do as the number one seed? You know, you get to play the earlier games, but really other than that, and you got to buy, but other yeah. teams have buys too. So, you know, I don't think Rick felt like it was that big of a deal in regards to giving them a big advantage to win the tournament because when you're playing two games at one time, you know, in the same arena, the team you're playing the next day, like say, let's say we win our our game to go to semis and UAB would win their game to go to the semis in normal tournaments. One team plays about 
will be done three or four hours before the other. Mm -hmm. And you turn around and play 11 o'clock the next day. So there's a little bit of advantage to the team that plays earlier. Well, in this case, our game starts at 5.30. Their game starts at 6. <laughs> no big deal, you know. <laughs> well, as you referenced, 5.30 is going to be the start time of WKU's first game of the tournament, which, which will come on Thursday, mm -hmm. thanks to that double buy from winning the East Division. Brett kind of lined out what the path looked like on the Lady Topper side. So I'll ask you about how yep. it how it lays out for the Hilltoppers in terms of their side of the bracket and looking ahead to after potentially picking up a win to what will lie ahead? Well, I, I think everything, I think everyone's anticipating that UTSA is going to run over Charlotte. They've dropped eight, Charlotte's lost eight in a row. Their center's mm -hmm. not playing now. So they're having a tough time scoring. I don't know how in the world they can keep up with the Roadrunners, the Javon Jackson, Keaton Wallace. So we're anticipating playing UTSA the first game. Uh, Jackson and, and Wallace can shoot you out of a game. Uh, they've beaten us a couple of times in recent years because of those two. As a sophomore, Jackson came in here and scored 46 mm. to break Skeeter Swift's all-time opponent scoring record in Diddle Arena. He had scored 41. He comes back here the next year, has a miserable game. Yes. It's senior night. We go into overtime, and he scores like 13 in overtime. Yep. So the dude, is he leads the league in scoring. He's terrific. He'll score points. Keaton Wallace, the, the year that Jackson scored 46, they go to Marshall two days later. Wallace scored 41. So those two can win games. So, you know, they have they have more firepower than we do, but we have Charles. We're better defensively. We're a better all-around team. We have more players. Mm -hmm. But those two players can shoot you out of a game. Now, if you get by them, you know, UAB certainly is the favored team. They went to North Texas and won twice last week. So they would be the favored team to certainly face the Hilltoppers. We haven't seen them this year. Mm -mm. We've had good success against them in the tournament. Uh, you know, they got some size. So that they have someone who can defend Charles. I would say going into the tournament, if you know I'm a neutral observer, I would say since they went to North Texas and won twice, I probably would think maybe they were the team that maybe was a slight favorite uh, going into the conference tournament based upon what they did the last weekend of the season. So um, it remains to be seen. On the other half, the two favorite teams are Louisiana Tech and Old Dominion. Louisiana Tech's taking a hit. Andrew Gordon is not playing anymore. Yep. He's not eligible. They used to have two post players. Now they have one. That may not affect them against most teams, but if we would be fortunate to get to the final and meet them, I love the top's chances of beating Louisiana Tech because that post player they had was a freshman of the year. He can't guard Charles. No way, no way it would be a total mismatch like it was when he tried to do it here. And that Gordon kid, who was really good against Charles, mm -hmm. is no longer on that team. So I'm certainly rooting for Louisiana Tech yes. to come out of the <laughs> other half of the, the bracket. Now that we've previewed the men's and women's Conference USA basketball tournaments, let's hear a word from our presenting sponsor, Don Franklin Auto. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, 24 locations in Kentucky, one big family. Well, for the Hilltoppers, as Randy mentioned, it all starts Thursday, 5.30, opponent to be determined, but you can listen to that game on your local affiliate or on the flagship station, Sam 100.7 here in Bowling Green with a 5 o'clock broadcast time. The Lady Topper matchup against ODU will start at 4 o'clock. Pre-game is at 3.30. You can listen in Bowling Green on ESPN Radio 102.7. Do want to transition now to baseball, Randy, because the Tops went and took one of three against the Tulane team on the road that is receiving votes 
in the top 25, and I thought a really impressive win in the final game to get one of those three games in that series. In college athletics, the most difficult achievement in any sport is to be in baseball on the road playing a really good program, and you've lost the first two games. You have a long bus trip or flight back home. You're going to go to class on Monday, and you got a curfew on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They came, and, and, you're, and you're down early. They were trailing early in the game. They came back and rallied and won the third game of that series against a really good program. They were competitive in every game. They had chances to win both the games they've lost. Uh, through six innings, they probably outplayed Tulane in games one and two. We're not able to score against Tulane's bullpen in inning seven, eight, nine. That's what gave the Green Wave the win. They probably have a deeper pitching staff. But, you know, to get one out of three and compete like they did, I think that's a good sign. They'll play Kentucky on Tuesday on the road. Then they go to have a Bowling Green State at home the following weekend. I know nothing about them. That's Brett's job <laughs> or Jeff's job. But, you know, Kentucky is Kentucky. And, you know, we go up there and sometimes we play well and sometimes we don't. But, uh, Tulane has the best pitching staff we'll face in a series this year, and not counting the one games that we play against, you know, Vanderbilt and Louisville. But right. it's the best pitching staff in a series we'll face. And you know, they it was tough to score the first couple of games we came through in Game Three. So uh, I think they came back feeling pretty good about themselves the way they battled and they toughed it out. Right. Well, keeping things on the diamond, WKU softball went down and played at Mississippi State in the Bulldog Invitational. They take three of their five games there, the only two losses. Coming to Mississippi State, who at the time of us recording this is the number 18th ranked team in the country, the first game Mississippi State took 10 to nothing, five innings. But the second game, between those two teams, the Hilltoppers battled all the way through. They actually led it heading into the final couple of innings, but Mississippi State did pull out a 5-4 to four win. Hilltoppers now on the season, 9-4, and four, or excuse me, 9-3 and three overall. They'll be back in action coming up this next weekend in the Louisville tournament, so another Chance to pick up a marquee win. They'll play one matchup against Louisville and then game Saturday and Sunday against Valpo. We'll send it back to Brett now. Brett, we've got some volleyball to recap and preview as well. Surprise, surprise. They just picked up a couple of sweeps. But, Brett, I think the biggest takeaway for me in these latest two wins for this volleyball team, it feels like every time we get a different theme to talk about, the defense was just absolutely excellent in the two matches against FIU this past weekend. It really was. That was something Travis Hudson talked about after the first match because that was one where the offense still wasn't quite where he wanted it to be in terms of uh, being a a little bit more uh, higher error than he would like to see. And he said the reason that we ended up with a dominant victory is because of our defense and because of our ball control players. I think uh, Logan Kale had a great match. I think Hallie Shelton was outstanding, not only from the defensive side, but also at the service line. Uh, Hallie had six aces in that match. She followed with four in the Monday match. She had four in the match even before this series. So that's uh, that's 14 aces in the last three matches. So she is on fire from back there. Ashley Hood was also huge in those two. Uh, so great job by the defense. And then credit to them, they answered the next day. The offense uh, was much lower error. They only had six. Nobody had more than one. Uh, hit almost 400 as a team. So once again, we see this Hilltopper team against a, a, a just an honestly outmatched opponent coming in and being even sharper on that second day. They held FIU under 10 points in the last two sets of that series. Um, it just shows you just how dialed in this team is and focused on every piece that it needs to to be able to compete at a high level. And, you know, now they get a chance to really see what all the work they've put into this point in the season uh, has done. 
Welcome in West Virginia this Friday night. Always fun to play a Power Five, uh, particularly somebody from either the Big Ten or the Big 12, obviously the SEC as well. All three of those conferences are really outstanding in in volleyball, and frankly, the Pac-12 is too. Let's just call it what it is. But (laughs) either way, West Virginia is a team that – plays you know number one texas that plays baylor one of the best teams in a country that went to um lawrence kansas and knocked off uh, the number 10 at the time jayhawks in both matches so west virginia's battle tested their eight and eight overall in the big 12 and will be this first really big physical test that the hilltoppers will get this season and that's the kind of thing they were talking about after they lost to louisville in the NCAA tournament of 19 is how do we compete with teams that are bigger than us that are more physical with us uh, than us and uh, they've worked on those things. They've added some pieces, added some depth in those categories, and I can't wait to see what they do as they welcome in the Mountaineers on Friday. I do want to now touch on another team that has started to to really find their own way as well. They're rolling, and that being the Lady Toppers soccer team, who all of a sudden four and one on the season. They've won their last four matches overall in the last week. Picked up a four three conference USA win over FIU, and then on Saturday picked up a one nil win over Center. Amber Barnett, I saw a stat, has been one of the best per-match scores in the country. I'm going to get to talk to her as part of our next Talk and Top show. I'm really excited to have that conversation. This Lady Topper team continues to make a little noise this year. They're going to be on the road at FAU Friday for another conference matchup. That matchup will start at 6. And now, Randy, I kick it to you for my favorite segment, everyone's favorite segment, and a segment in which we have some good news because the Lady Topper tennis team coming off a conference win. Why is this always your favorite segment? I just love your enthusiasm about the sport of tennis. Because it's not a sport that you hear, you know, it doesn't get as much fanfare, Mm -hmm. but you're such an aficionado, as I I have labeled it before, Mm. and I thoroughly enjoy hearing your analysis. Well, I appreciate it. That is why. Brett, can you agree with me on that? I I certainly enjoy it. I can't lay down now. Uh, Yeah, it was a good weekend. They went to Murfreesboro and played two good teams. They lost 4-3 to Southern Miss. Uh, the or Louisiana Tech, I apologize. They came back and beat Southern Miss uh, five games to two. They had a couple of uh, tremendous performers. Acor, who plays one singles, won both of her matches. Laura, who's the number two singles player, won both of her matches. Plus, she also played doubles in each of the uh, in each of the matchups and won both of them. So, uh, you know, Laura was like a, a Rafael Nadal or Roger Federer and <laughs> uh, and Djokovic down there. She uh, she had four wins. So they won both. They got a busy week this week. Murray State's always good. Uh, they've got Austin P, always good, and Northern Alabama. They played uh, North Alabama. They played all three of those schools last year, and it was a one-point match, one way or the other, wow. with all three. So they're anticipating having another, uh, you know, fist fight again this year. Well, going from my favorite segment now to what we have learned last week is Brett's favorite event to try and pronounce it, and that being a little recap from what the Hilltopper golf team accomplished this past week. Brett, do you think you can roll it off the tongue with all that alliteration? I, I think I can. Let's see. It was the Sea Palms Invitational in St. Simons Island, Georgia, the second stroke play <laughs> tournament of the spring for the Hilltoppers. That sounded that great go? to me. You had to go there to, we go. Uh, get a South Carolina degree to pull that one off. <laughs> absolutely. See that? Yeah. I mean, shoot. There were St. Simon's Island, Georgia is only a, a kind of a spitting distance of South Carolina, anyway. So it's kind of right in my wheelhouse. I think that's but where all the Georgia and Florida fans go after their big matchup. They all go to that island and party, from what I've heard. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 seems predictable for Gators <laughs> and Bulldogs, but. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, this was this was a great tournament for the tops. They they finished fourth out of sixteen teams there. They were just ten strokes uh, off of first place. Um, Marshall was the other conference USA team there, and and the herd were much uh, further below the tops on the leaderboard. So that's always a good thing to uh, kind of compare where you're at with your conference. And uh, Connery Meyer had a great showing, only his fourth tournament in his freshman year for the tops, and he finishes tied for sixth, which was the highest individual finish of any hilltopper golfer this season. And and Coach Chan Metz was uh, very pleased after the fact, talking about how his team can kind of grinded out a finish, a lot of wind and some uh, adverse conditions in one of these, you know, kind of uh, seaside locales that will certainly provide some some extra challenges on the golf course. And he said they were able to finish strong, were showing progress, starting to move in the right direction. And these were the same kinds of things he was saying right at this time last year as they finished off a tournament down at Auburn. They were starting to get the results of all their hard work over the year. Obviously, this was their last tournament um, this time last year. Uh, God willing, it will not be this year, and hopefully they can they can see the rest of this one through and, and get to where they want to be. Well, before we wrap things up, have a partial recap, not a full recap, from Lady Topper Golf, who have been competing down, as you referenced, Brett, what was last year the final tournament for the Hilltopper Golf team. The Lady Toppers have been competing in the tournament they were just about to start when everything was called off due to the COVID-19 pandemic down at the UNF Collegiate. Ahead of the final round, WKU in seventh. They posted a 19 over 307 in the initial 18 holes. Maintained that placement. Shot 16 over 304 in the second round. Sarah Arnold leading the way for WKU in both rounds. Shot a pair of 3 over 75. She finds herself just two shots away from the top 10 going into that final round, which will start at 7.45 in the morning as of today when the podcast comes out. So by the time you're hearing it, might actually have some final results from the Lady Tomper golf squad. And with that being said, Randy, do we have any more boxes that we need to check before we wrap this we up? We do have a couple of boxes. All to right, check. let's hear them. Let's, right. let's get uh, it. The uh, top seeded Hilltoppers, East Division champions in men's basketball, uh, were you know well represented on the all conference team mm-hmm. this week. It came out on Monday. Charles Bassey, first team. Tavion Hollingsworth was the second team pick. Uh, they had Josh Anderson and Charles Bassey on the all-defensive team. Davion McKnight was on the all-freshman team. Uh, I anticipate that tomorrow, uh, well, this will be, it'll be outdated by the time we hear it. But <laughs> on Wednesday, I anticipate that Charles Bassey will be the only the third player in the 26-year history of the Conference USA to win Player of the Year and Defender of the Year in the same season. Kenyon Martin did it with Cincinnati, and Tavion Hollingsworth's idol, Dwayne Wade, Mm. did it at Marquette. I also anticipate that Rick Stansberry is going to be the coach of the year. Mm. So are those your boxes? Because I I can pitch to Brett here, because, Brett, we've got some lady toppers to mention in those all-conference ranks as well. And before I get to that, I'll just say what's Todd Stewart's favorite line. You are known by the company you keep. And so uh, mm-hmm. Bassey is able to get those two. What a what a great company to have in, in Martin and Wade. My goodness. Uh, but I, I would agree, Randy. I think that's a, a fair prediction to make. And I'm going to join you in that. Uh, on the women's side, really pleased with what we saw uh, in terms of all conference selections. Or an email today we named uh, to the first team was one of only two posts in the league who was selected for first team honor. So uh, congrats to Renee Merrill of Delgawad, also on the all defensive team this year. Of course, she's been uh, outstanding in a lot of different defensive areas, uh, second in the league in steals per game, top 10 in rebounds per game. So great to see all the work that she's put in get rewarded as such. And 
mentioned Hope Savori on the all-freshman team. Hope has been coming on strong as of late. She's fixed the turnover problem. Her assist numbers have been off the chart. She's starting to become uh, more confident offensively in terms of looking for her shot as well. So really happy for all three of them. And uh, like I said, looking forward to seeing if they can put all the pieces together and make a run down here. All right, Randy. Is that all, or do we have one more thing? Man, I was thinking we had something else, but um, <laughs> I guess I don't remember now. But, well, uh, we'll take maybe, maybe Maybe for another day. <laughs> maybe we can use it next week as we're potentially celebrating some conference championships. Don't want to run out of bullets, <laughs> so I'll save some. Yes. <laughs> Brent, uh, take care. Hope to see you down in Texas. I appreciate it. Looking forward to that as well. I'll uh, keep things warm for you. I don't think uh, the weather's going to, you know, uh, have any problem cooperating with that mission. <laughs> if I get lost, I can call you and you can give me directions to the hotel that we're staying in. Absolutely. I know what my other box was now. Oh, you got it. Yes. Zach Greenwell is on this um, assignment. Not only is Charles going to be the player of the year and the defender of the year, uh, he's also a first team all academic selection at 3.75. Yes. So we, we're pretty sure that he's the only player in Conference USA First team all academic pick, defender of the year, player of the year. We're just wondering how many times that's happened in the history of college basketball. Very, very mm. few times. And what's amazing about Charles, because I, I just got to talk to him for Beyond the Hill, is that you can take all that stuff and throw it out the window because all he cares about is winning. Yeah. You, you give him that Conference USA championship trophy, which mm-hmm. I've seen so many pictures mm-hmm. of him kind of cradling it like it's his baby. Mm-hmm. That's all he cares mm-hmm. about. And that's all this team cares about, too. And I think that's why a lot of us are so excited about seeing what they might just do down in Frisco. And you mentioned baby, Tavion Hollingsworth. Yes. He and his yes. um, fiance now celebrating the birth of their child. Mm-hmm. In 24 hours, Tavion <laughs> Hollingsworth uh, wins the Conference East Division Championship with a three-pointer, old-fashioned three-point play, and then less than 24 hours later, he has a son. A lot to celebrate. Huh? Not bad. <laughs> and hopefully this we have just something. as much to celebrate next week. That would be nice. All right, Brett, good luck yep. down there. Thanks, Randy. I'll see you soon. Tyler, hold down to Fort Worth. We're gone. I'll do what I can. All right, for Brett and Tyler, I'm Randy Lee. This show has been brought to you by Don Franklin Auto. Don Franklin Auto Group is Kentucky's dealership and a proud sponsor of WKU Athletics. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Big Red Roundtable here on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network. For updates on future episodes, as well as access to past editions, visit wkusports.com slash podcast, as well as all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Before we wrap it up, here's one more word from our presenting sponsor and proud partner of WKU Athletics, Don Franklin Auto. Over 5,000 new and pre-owned vehicles to choose from at DonFranklinAuto.com. We'll be back next week with more analysis, discussion, and predictions here on the Big Red Roundtable presented by Don Franklin Auto on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.